but like, <laughs> damn it, miss that fucking great piece. I can say so it like, again. Say it again. Just re- <laughs> so like, just ask a question that like prompt. Like, I'll say it, you know, whatever. Uh, but I mean, it's just, I just like you were so, saying. Right. Okay, we'll do this. Founder yeah. people talk so much about like, and it'll it'll dovetail nicely into your platform if you want to say anything. Oh, about that's it. fine. I. That's but like cool. it. People talk so much, dude. And this is a great topic already, Matt, that we've now discovered is um, one, thanks for coming on. Two, uh, so many people talk about like product market fit and like they talk about founder market fit. And I'm stressing right now because we've gone through this process is like founder investor fit, right? Like just because you're top tier for like, I, I doesn't mean I want to deal with you. You know what I mean? Like you're boring as fuck, right? So like, and I'm stuck with you for the next 10 years, right? So I think that kind of goes well into what you were saying about being authentic and getting the right investors in, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's one of these things where you have a lot of people on Twitter and there's nothing against this, but they use Twitter very much so as like a marketing face, like very, and it works. I bet their business grows very quickly because of this um but but it's not no this isn't who they are and they're not faking it it's just how they use twitter but you know what 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 i'm kind of realizing is that um you know you're never gonna please everyone and oftentimes you're gonna please no one and people are only either gonna be skeptical or they're gonna be curious and like you know for me i just um as long as i serve my customers which is founders um, and, 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 and are good to them. I literally don't care if 90% of Twitter thinks I'm doing wrong. It's just because, because everyone's focused on what things currently are, but the way things work really are unfortunate for, for pretty much everyone. So if you want it to change, just like, let me do my job, you know, and don't hate me while I'm doing it. It's kind of where I'm at. I think, uh, I've taken that approach maybe in the last eight, nine months, which is just like, I'm going to be me. And we've talked, um, we've talked about this a little bit, but we won't mention names um, about like certain investors or certain people that like kind of, or try to dictate where you should go or how you should act or what you should be. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to do my investors a disservice if I'm not who I am at the beginning. Right. So like, instead of like changing later and going, oh, dude, dude's a psychopath, dude. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he just flipped. And all of a sudden he's cussing this and doing this. And and it's like, no, no, no. That's how I am on the outset, right? Like if you're going to invest or write a check, that's like this, here's me. I'm really nice and lovable. (laughs) It's like, but I also have this, I'm a potty mouth, right? So like what, like publicly facing when you talk about like, because I'm your great follow on Twitter. um, And how do you, like you said, like 90% of people can hate me. What about like the 10% of people that are using the 90% as like a reference? You know what I mean? Like, is it just like that 10% is going to agree so much or like, how do you so recommend my, my that? My secret weapon is my, is, and it's not secret anymore, but it's my podcast. Like, like I actively seek out the most talented founders in the world that have been rejected by the system for the last decade. And they got a, like, I'm, I'm not famous, but like you got like a well-known podcaster that reaches out to you to interview you when you got rejected by TechCrunch, VCs, anything, yeah. you're going to be a little of that guy. And that's me. So, and you know, the tech Twitter 
tribe like these people you know 90 i, I don't this is not over exaggeration 97 percent of these people um they're just it's all followers and there's nothing wrong with that you know there's, no, there's nothing i'm a follower in many industries right but but for some reason in tech everyone wants to be a leader and that's not how it works um so as long you know there will be there are great founders that see my persona on twitter and they think wow matt is not good to work with um and that's okay because for every for every founder in that bucket there are i would say hundreds that are willing to go to bat for me um because they actually know me you you know they know who i am they know how much i help they know how much money i've I've helped create for the ecosystem which is like way more than i've captured so far (laughs) now how much is how much is that about like capturing new people, right? So like you mentioned that people know me, like they, so I would say if I make a joke on Twitter or wherever, and it's like, it doesn't sound like a joke, but it is a joke or it's satire in some nature, the people who know me will go, fucking Jeremy, you know what I mean? But other people who don't know me and maybe aren't part of that 50% of people who hate you, right? Like going like, oh, that's just weird. You know what I mean? Like, is there like a getting to know you period? How do you get people to get to know the lovable Matt on Twitter? Yeah, shoot me a DM and I'll let's hop on a call. Like, it's like, hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I pretty much, yeah. I mean, like, let's talk. Like, I'm not, I think there's some people that have a different persona, like what you were just talking about with raising capital. There's some people that are maybe outspoken on Twitter, but are actually kind of shy. That's not me. Like, you, you want to see if I'm an actual nice person, get in my DMs, let's set up a call. Cause I will talk to you unless, unless there's a point where someone, hit, let's say this is, a, this episode blows up and a, th- a bunch of people hear this, you know, maybe I won't make that offer anymore. But right now, like I got time, you know, I, I would love to, to, you know, the way that you change industries is you change minds one sure. at a time. And there's a lot of minds that think I'm full of it. So I'd love the opportunity to, 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 to tell them a little more about me and why I do what I do and then change their minds. And that's just one more, one less that I have to change in the future. And that, I think that is the critical ingredient that people don't really understand in this Silicon Valley bullshit world, which is brick by fucking brick, right? Like one person, but no one wants to go, uh, Dude, like one person, two people, two people, four people, four people, eight people. No one wants to go one by one by one by one and do the hard work. Set up 10 of these interviews a day, right? That's not not me. But like what I'm saying is you could change 10 minds a day. At the end of the year, you have 3,000 people. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) 3,000 people that you've changed your mind of. You could do what? What is it? Five? five people no yeah five what's four people three three people a day if you do three people a day you change over a thousand minds for the year like no one thinks like that that i'm not fine with just a thousand people what do you say to those fuckers that just like you know i i don't know what i say to them because these a lot of these people get rewarded um and I'm not saying they don't deserve to get rewarded every, you know, but I, I don't, I don't know what I say to those people. What I really say is for the people that are doing that. Um, I think that the, the, the tide is shifting a little over, um, so, you know, soon to the practitioners and the ones that put in the work, you know, I, I know I, I have a, 
uh, I have maybe a handful of startups that I know of that are working on these kind of problems. One of my, my mine included, and you know, I don't know, I don't know when people that want to snap their fingers and raise two million dollars when that's going to yeah. end. But it's hap- it's happening, you know. Yeah. But I can say it's not going to be that way for that much longer. And if yeah. it is, it'll be that way for founders that maybe deserve it a little more. Not no one doesn't deserve capital, but there's some founders that I think you know should get it and don't, and that's kind of the problem. What how, what do, what is the deciding factor for you on the people that should and the people that shouldn't? Have you so it's three? This is this is like this is going to be the thing that I evangelize for the next for the next decade. And it's not right. a secret. It's you, you, you built a product yourself. So, you know, I don't care if you can like no code, code, whatever, you can build stuff yourself. You were able to get customers and grow revenue for three months in a row. And you have a strong reason, a strong mission for doing what you're doing. If you're in any of those categories, you should by default get funded. I'm not right. saying, I'm not saying that you should be able to raise $2 million. Maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. But I, I think anyone that has accomplished those things, which is hard, it is hard to do those. It, it, it's a, that's a lot of different skill sets. That is hard. But if you're able to do that, you should get rewarded by working on your thing full time. And that is just not the case. Right now, you get rewarded for getting an idea and playing the investing FOMO game. And then you raise $2 million, <laughs> then you burn it, and then you try again with the same investors. Right. And that, you know, it's just like, you know, it sucks. Uh, so that's what I, I think the people that deserve it fit those three criteria. Objectively, I don't care where you live. I don't care what your education is. You know, are you able to do those things? Great. You get a shot on goal. That's called a meritocracy. And that's kind of like yep. what I'm able to do, you know? I agree. I agree with you. Um, and I like, we've raised just a little under a million dollars or something like that. Like, and we had so many people like current investors, future investor, like what prospective investors go, you should be raising series A right now. And I'm like, that's not how that feels to me. Right. Like I hit all those three things, right. Like shameless plug, like I get it. And I know why some people tell me no. And it's like, I go, great. If we've raised 800K over the, in the last nine months or whatever it is, I need personally, because I, I want to back those things up that you just said, like traction, passion, all these things, product, me building it, where it's, I need to personally hit a milestone with growing the company before I feel comfortable going and raising either a seed extension or a series A or something. Like it's personal. It's not bullshit to me. It's not like, like I want to hit a million ARR or two million, whatever the benchmark that, that's in my head before I feel, con- and I know that that directly contradicts what a lot of people are doing, which is the FOMO game, these types of things. And they just go, so many people, man, dude, fucking Matt, I get forwarded emails from lesser competitors that are raising $2 million, $3 million. And it's like, they all ask me, advisors, about. Why aren't you doing this? And it's like, motherfucker, because I know my business and I know where I want to get to. And it's like, I don't want to raise two. I want to raise fucking 22. Right. So like, how do I take what we've raised and like fly over the next round? What do you say to those kind of naysayers? Well, it's it's funny because I, I'm excited to be candid for, for the carnage because what, what happens... <laughs> 
because let's say, look, let's. I, I, this could have been me. I'm glad I couldn't actually raise money um, because I, in hindsight, it, it was it was the right it was the right thing to happen. Because let's say let's say I played the game because I I know people I'm connected whatever. I play the game. I raised two million dollars on a fifteen million dollar post. What happens is in a year the market crashes. But I it's not like everything goes in flames, but like the, the market gets less hot. But I raised at a very high valuation. So if I want to keep up my markets, I need to I need to execute that much better than than I would have had to if I would have raised it a ten million dollar vow. Because of what do investors care about? They care about multiples. So yeah. if you we know the, the round that I raised last, it was a six million dollar post, and and I could you know, let's say the market crashes, which it will. Um, all I need to do is like justify a 12 like a 10 million dollar valuation a 12 it's like that's not hard to some you know so that's what i would say i would say congratulations that you raised three million dollars on a 15 trillion dollar post money valuation <laughs> but make sure you're executing just as well as your fundraising ability yes it's gonna, right it's gonna matter i have seen a i have seen a a, a correlation to the opposite right like where I've heard so many stories from founder friends that have like either graduated from like YC or wherever else, these types of things that people hold dear. Right. And they go, my co-founder was like, we raised the million coming out. And then like all he wanted to do right after that closed was raise the next round. There was no execution anymore. And I go, I can't, and I mean this to everyone. I can't wait of those people fucking fail like the like that mentality where i'm not even building a business i hear so often dude you're raising all the time and it's like i like to think i'm creating relationships all the time if you want to if you want to give us money in the form of venture funds great but the, the litmus test is going to be do i like you can you deal with me so like do you want to talk about the the platform that you Launch, or yeah, well, launching not, or? I mean, I mean, it's not even, it's something that I'm like still building. So it's not like, it's like we have this and this and this, but like what, what, what I'm ultimately building it, what I'm trying, you know, what I'm working on is creating a new filter because like, I think a lot of these investors would fund um, like, for example, a lot, a lot of the companies that I come across that are serious revenue, serious markets, serious founders, but are based like in the UK, Australia, whatever. Um, if they went to Stanford, they would get funded. And it's not, it's like, fine. I get it. It's, it's like, it's, it's fine. I understand why, but Stanford is just a filter. So what if you just, uh, just like YC is a filter, just like repeat founders are a filter, et cetera. So what if you're able to create a new filter um, for a VC? For a VC, nothing really changes. They just, it's just deal flow. But if this filter on the other end filters by merit, by merit not by network, um, and, it, and I, it actually is good. Like it's a good filter. Um, I mean, it, it pretty much changes everything. It means network, like you can build, like all you need to do to get funded is build a good company. You don't have to network in. Um, mm. to, and that's what I think really frustrates me about the industry. Because VCC, if you're good enough, you've got funded. What does that mean? Let's say I'm a great founder in Maine. I have a great company. Great. I have an amazing company that's venture backable. Now let me network in. Let me spend a year getting to know random people to know random people. It's just that so I can get trust. What if that took 48 hours? Like that's what yeah, I'm doing. Sure. You know, it's just right. like, it's just the founders are the one that makes this industry money. Let's stop forgetting that. Like the founders have the power, like straight up.
hundred percent. The VCs would be nothing without the entrepreneurial ability. And they, right, like, and, and VCs should know. That. I mean, like, the, the, right. like that's the point. Like, it's not a bad thing to admit that. That's how this works. You know. Agreed. And I think, I think the one thing, um, I guess, going back to that, what you would call that filter, is for me, I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't know one how hard it is to raise money, how hard it is to get traction. There's those two hardships, right? And I'm a solo founder, as are you, right? So like, yeah, uh, it's, it's even, it's even harder, like am, that hardship is amplified. So like, if you have both of those challenges that you're addressing, right. And then you think, okay, that is a weed out process, right. It's like an equalizer. If you can do those things together, like you are going to make it right. If you can fundraise and, and get traction and do these types of things. And it's like, just playing devil's advocate with you. Do you think you're taking away some of that equalizer? Like it's it's easier for that person or should you just focus on traction? Oh no, I mean, well, so if I, I think that it's important that a CEO of a startup know how to, they need they to know how to fundraise because the seed, they, if they raise a seed round, they'll probably raise an A. They'll probably raise a B, maybe not, but like just in general, they'll probably keep raising money. Um, like, you know, assuming the business is doing well. So I'm not proposing, no, you don't got to learn the skill. Um, mm. You know, I'll do it for you. I'm saying, let's just get you in the arena. Like sure. the, only, the only reason, I mean, look, like I had a company with 24K MRR that grew from zero to 24K in seven months. And only at 24K MRR that I get into an accelerator, J- like Jason Calacanis invested in me and yeah. through the accelerator. And it's just, I, I, and I pre, I'm very, you know, he knows this. I'm very, very grateful that he bet on me. He like didn't have to, right? Um, yeah, love J.K.L. Yep. And, <laughs> and the thing that's just weird is like, why did it take 24? I'm not, this is not ragging on Jason. It's the industry. Why did it take 24K to get someone to write a check? Why not? T- is 10K not enough? Is 15K? Sure. If yeah. someone invests a million dollars, great. It's a merit. You're in the arena execute if you can't execute then you don't deserve to raise more money you don't deserve Correct. to win the issue yeah. is that people that deserve to be in the arena aren't even given a shot and and just because of the network and the last thing i'll share is that that's all i want to fix i don't want to like i want the best companies to win i want companies that aren't good to lose i just want there to be a more equal opportunity for people to to compete um without being told that the market's not big enough or they don't have the right team or whatever when no one knows this is pre-seed and seed investing are you kidding me you know yeah dude yeah the i love that so i and honestly i was going to end on that i was like oh that's great great drop mic drop but the one thing that brought that brought that up is um i consider us a pre-seed company right it's just expectations um for me and we hit a lot of revenue a month and i just feel like something's missing before we raise like a legit like series a or something and um like thinking about it cognizantly right not being an idiot i'm just raising money to raise money um and dude the one thing i get i don't know if you i know you've come across this and i just i just need to ask your opinion on it dude pre-seed fucking investors i'm telling you i've had no's from pre-seed investors going man you don't you, 
you haven't hit your 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 product market fit. You haven't, hit, and it's like you you don't know your target yet. And it's like I've told you it's in these three areas. Like if you if we had a pro a true product market fit, we wouldn't be raising our pre seed you fucking morons. Like you don't understand pre seed, right? So get the fuck out of pre-seed investing that is my gut that is my heart what is your thought on that have you seen that happen like that where they they want to be like pre-seed companies with good traction want to be are judged as like a fucking series b company when you should have your shit together you know well i mean it's very common unfortunately pre-seed is a new category there's a lot of people that think they're pre-seed they have no idea what it means but at the same time, um, you know, VCs are incentivized to not tell you no. Um, they're the, like, they're like, what, what benefit? Like, look, let's say I was a VC and you were pitching me hypothetically. And, and I just said, you know, we're not, we're not going to invest. Here's why. Um, that for you, like the door shut, you know, like you're like, great. They said no for us. Like, yeah, yeah. The door shut. You brought me, you might be bitter. You may not be, but you know, it's kind of shut versus if I'm like, you know, this is interesting, but if you just grow a little bit more here, like like you're you they're straight they're like the door's still open and they're not pissing anyone off, and you know it's a shame, uh, it's a shame uh, that this works like that because you know you look at Elizabeth Yen who I respect immensely. Yeah, um, love she's, Elizabeth. She's she's the fastest no in the business in a good way, uh, in a yeah. good way, and I wish more did that. Um, the last thing I'll say on this front is pre-seed's interesting because at this stage, you no know, literally if a VC admits that they don't really know what they're going to, they like, they know what, like, I like VCs that have hunches on where things are going. They just want to invest in that to see the world go in that direction. But for the VCs that think they know where the world's going and they like, this market's not big enough, et cetera. I just like, you know, it's, it's difficult because, you know, it's pre-seed. Like it's, you don't know, neither do the founders, you know? So for, you know, like no one knows. So just don't pretend like anyone's supposed to. Uh, I agree. No, dude, I'm with you. So, Matt, you're amazing. Uh, where can people find you? Obviously, Twitter. What's your handle? Pitch whatever you need. Um, you can find me at Matt with one D underscore Sherman on Twitter. And then if you want to read some of my writing on, I, I, I write a lot on this topic. Um, just my name, my name.com. So mattsherman.com. And then we'll be a la- launching some fun stuff in the next few months with a brand called growth meter, but that's kind of under wraps, but um, yeah, that, that's, that's where you can find me and, uh, and uh, looking forward to connecting with y'all. Jeremy, thanks for doing this. I love, I love a good podcast. <laughs> love you, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me on.